Hello and welcome to the Learn English Football Podcast with your hosts, Tim and... Tom. Hi, Tim. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. How about you? I'm very, very, very excited. Uh, as you can see, I'm sitting here in my Morocco shirt, but uh, I'm not looking forward to that match today. I'm excited about World Cup semi-final number one, Argentina-Croatia, a real feast of football. Um, and when we say a feast of football, a feast of options, it means a lot of options, more than more options than you could ever want. That's right. We are at the business end of the tournament now. There's only remaining four games if you include the third, fourth place playoff. Uh, but this is where it gets very, very serious. And uh, just for anyone who might be listening at a later point, today is Tuesday at three, quarter past three Spanish time, which means the game kicks off in four hours and 45 minutes. How do yes, you feel, so what, Tim? What, 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 what do we talk about? Well, I, I think we should probably talk about the business end of this World Cup. I like that expression, business end, the serious part at the end where everything important gets decided. It certainly is the business end of the World Cup. You know it's the business end when England have stopped competing, um, <laughs> unfortunately. So, yes, Tom, uh, I'm going to first ask you with a simple question. Uh, it might be a loaded question. When I say a loaded question, there might be a bit of another meaning behind it. Who do you want to win? Not who do you think will win? Who would you like to win? Croatia or Argentina? Luka Modric or Lionel Messi? Uh, I should first apologise to my Argentinian friends, particularly Marcelo, if he's listening to this. But I would like Croatia to win. I feel like they are more of an underdog. And if I am a neutral fan, I'm always going to support the underdog. In this case, Croatia are, as we might say, punching well above their weight. This is a an idiom that comes from boxing. To punch above your weight means that they are outperforming uh, what you would expect of a country of this size. So, and they've been yeah, doing I it agree. consistently for for many many years now. So my heart my heart is with Croatia, but at the same time, uh, how can you not love Messi and the contribution that he's brought to football over the last two decades? So, if Messi gets to a final and even wins the tournament, then I won't be complaining. I'll be happy for him. Yeah, I, I have a similar opinion, but I come, I've come to a different conclusion. I always support the underdogs and Argentina are strong favourites uh, with the opposite of being the underdog to be the favourite. Um, but I look at this Croatia side and OK, they do have some very technical players, but the way they, they don't want to take the initiative in games, I'm thinking if this Croatia side wins, then what kind of football are we going to be watching for the next 30 years? Because every manager in the world is going to try and copy this model. A country of 3.9 million people, if they were able to win a World Cup, it would be like... Um, It'd be like Italy in 1982 when they won that one World Cup and then we had 20, 20, 30 years of defensive Italian football. That's a good point. Yes, I thought you were going to make the comparison with Uruguay in the 1930s. But uh, of course, Italy did have that defensive style that actually led to the rise of Italian football in the 1980s. It was the number one league in Europe. Yes, but you could argue, and I would argue, that one of the reasons why Italian football is less successful now is because of the lack of an international audience. And the lack of an international audience could be because of the boring football we get served up in Serie A on a weekly basis. Anyway, going back to the relevant point, which is Argentina-Croatia, my next question to you, Tom, is who do you think will win? 
I feel like this year that the, so there's something about Argentina that's going to get them to the final. Uh, Croatia, I, I think, as I've mentioned, they're punching above their weight. They have outperformed, they're overachieved in terms of their expectations. Uh, but I feel that there's something about Messi in this tournament. Uh, he has been the go-to guy when it has been a critical moment in every game, with the exception of the Saudi Arabia game, of course. Uh, Messi has delivered, whether it's a, a killer pass uh, that we waxed lyrical about in the episode yesterday. To wax lyrical means we sung the praises, we spoke many, many good things about that pass. Or, or whether it's a goal, and, and Messi has been scoring consistently as well. I feel like he might just be the difference maker over Modric. Now, that's not to take anything away from Modric, who I think has been a fantastic player in this tournament, but he's not uh, put in the, the assists and the goals that he did four years ago. Well, I've got some stats on that, actually. It's interesting. And you're right, he hasn't produced the uh, assists or goals, but he's been playing a much deeper role than usual. Um, and I would, I think you would be surprised to hear, Tom, as I was surprised to read yesterday whilst doing a bit of reading about this match, No, uh, only one player has intercepted play more times than Luka Modric, and only one player has won possession more than Luka Modric in the whole World Cup. He's won possession back for Croatia 39 times and he's intercepted eight passes. So his defensive stats are absolutely incredible over this uh, over this um, tournament. He's also created the third most chances of any player this tournament. So he does have some quite all-round statistics. They are very impressive statistics, but it does beg the question, Tim, and I'd like to take a guess, maybe our listeners would as well, who was the player who has intercepted more passes? Uh, I'm guessing it might be someone like a French player like Griezmann or Rabiot. Um, the statistics I looked at were very focused on, on today's game, so they ah. didn't uh, give me the luxury of those. But um... Okay. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. I imagine it might, maybe I was thinking of one of the Moroccan players because they uh, don't have possession so much, but it potentially. Could be someone like Amrabat, even. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But then on the other side of the coin, you were talking about Messi's great World Cup. He scored in four goals, four, he scored four goals so far. If he, um, he scored a goal and an assist in two games in this World Cup. He's done it in two games in previous World Cups. If he was to get a goal and an assist tonight or in the third place playoff or the final, he would be the first player in World Cup history to have a goal and an assist in five separate games. So that's quite a statistic. He could also overtake Gabriel Batistuta uh, as Argentina's greatest ever World Cup goal scorer with 11 goals. Uh, only six players have ever scored more than 10 World Cup goals. So that would put him in elite company. Um, the third place playoff, both players, interestingly, are the most capped player in their country's history. And when I say a cap, I mean they have the most appearances for their country. And Messi, um, not tonight, he will equal Beckenbauer's record. But either on the third place playoff or in the final, he will become the, the, the player in the history of the World Cup who has played the most World Cup games. Which, again says two things one about his longevity 
Uh, and that means the amount of time he's lived as a player, but also about his consistency of performance. Um, he he single-handedly took them to the World Cup final in 2014. I think this Argentina side is a bit more cohesive, a bit more unified, but there can be no question about the the years and years of great service that both of these players have given to their countries. I like that word you use there, cohesive. I think of glue when I think of cohesion, the noun, cohesive, meaning the team, you use the synonym unified. They, they stick together more. They're, they're less divided. And I've got another one for you. And I, I know you like stats, Tom, and I, I, I do try to keep you happy. Um, when Modric lost the World Cup final, he was voted the World Cup's best player. He was given the golden ball. And when Messi lost the World Cup final, he was also given the golden ball. So there's a lot of comparisons. Modric has five Champions Leagues. Messi has four. Um, Modric in a head-to-head, including Real Madrid and Barcelona, is winning with the head-to-head. I think he has 14 victories over Messi's nine. Um, So there are some very interesting statistics. And these are two players whose careers have taken a very similar path. Another very interesting and quite curious curious statistic is they both made their international debuts in 2006 in a match between Argentina and Croatia. Um, so the, the the whole experience, the whole Messi-Modric thing feels like it's gone full circle. And that's an expression to mean things have kind of gone back to where they started after including almost everything. So it's going to be interesting. You say that you think Argentina are going to win, and I think Argentina are going to win as well. And I think there's a couple of factors here. One is the crowd. I think only Argentina and and Morocco have been able to to generate a a home team feeling. Um, There's reported 50,000 Argentines in Qatar. I don't know how they're all going to get into the stadium, but I'm sure (laughs) they will. and another interesting statistic, What? when was the last World Cup, Tom? I'll let, I'll let you guess. When was the last World Cup that Croatia won a knockout game in normal time? Ooh, wow. So I'm guessing then they got to the final. Uh, well, against England, they beat us in extra time in the semi-final. 1998. 98, it was that long ago. Eh? Yes, uh-huh. so Croatia, in the last two World Cups, have um, got got through five knockout games. Um, they've won one of them in extra time. They've only ever played four penalty shootouts in their history. They've won every single penalty shootout in their history. So it is quite an interesting game. There are a couple of missing players for uh, Argentina as well, which I think will be a factor. Acuna and Montiel, which I think um, could be a factor as well. Well, Montiel less so. He's only had a substitute role, but Acuna really has come in and uh, cemented himself as that left wing back. So uh, in his absence, I imagine it will be uh, Tagliafico who will Tal- be... Tagliafico, yeah. Tagliafico. Who's less, who's, who's less, less creative, less dynamic going forward, I would say, but mm-hmm. still solid. Still solid. Mm -hmm. Yes. I also wonder with all those yellow cards against the Netherlands, will any of the Argentinian players be in danger of missing the final should they get another one? I'd imagine that quite a lot of them are vulnerable to that. So uh, that could play a part as well, Uh, which is really the the main point. When I look at this game and I try and anticipate what's going to happen, you forced me into making a prediction that Argentina will win. But to be honest... 
all my predictions have been have sucked. They've been totally terrible this tournament. So the one safe prediction I feel confident to make is that this will be a physical, aggressive, tough game. Uh, it's in the nature of these this groups of players, particularly add to that the occasion of a World Cup semi-final. So I would anticipate that there will be yellow cards in this game and, and those yellow cards could have a bearing on Argentina if they get to the final or equally on Croatia if they get to the final. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, especially you looked at that Argentina-Holland um, match. There was a lot of aggression. There was a lot of gamesmanship uh, between both sides. Neither side was innocent. Uh, the Dutch players were trying to antagonise the Argentine players before their penalties. At one point, an Argentine player kicked the ball into the Dutch dugout. Um, after the penalties were won, the Argentines celebrated in the faces of the Dutch players, which I know everyone will say is not very sporting, but secretly everyone enjoyed watching. Um I have to add one comment there. I read as well after this game, the, the Dutch-Argentina game, uh, Lionel Messi was very critical of Louis van Gaal, the Dutch coach, and said he said that he was a football manager and the Holland team were going to play football. But then they just started playing long balls to the target man. And uh, I was surprised by this because... If you are a purist, meaning that you enjoy the beautiful game with the ball always on the ground, then okay, Messi has a has a point. But football, and particularly World Cup tournament football, is about winning the game. So I'm very surprised that Lessi, Lionel Messi, there was a suggestion he had bad fe feeling, that he had ill will towards the, the Dutch coach about this tactic of playing the long ball to tall players. Uh, this surprised me coming from a South American because South Americans have taught to the world, taught the world that gamesmanship, doing everything in your power to win the game, trumps sportsmanship. It trumps playing the beautiful game. It's funny how uh, different um, parts of the world, different footballing cultures see an abuse of a certain aspect of the game as tolerable and uh, other abuses of other aspects of the game is intolerable. So, for example, one thing in England that we 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 really cherish, and to cherish is to to give it in, in importance. Um, we really cherish fair play uh, and participation and, and values like that. Um, the the value of of how we win, like in terms of like the the tactic or something like that, is less important. Um, but we really don't like the idea of cheating. Whereas in other countries. Cheating might be seen, might, I don't know where, but, um, you know, cheating some potentially could be seen as a, a way of, of bending the rules, a way of, of making the most of the opportunity. And uh, if both teams are doing it, then it's not unfair because both teams are doing it. Um, but then in, in some of those other countries, they would see playing a long ball as going against the values of football. So I think football does have in every culture, its own values. And, and that's one of the beautiful things about the World Cup is, where it's, is when we see these values mix. Um, I, it's one of them. I, I think we've spoken about this on previous podcasts. I remember in 1998, seeing that Diego Simeone dive. And it was the first dive I'd ever seen in a match this important. And, mm -hmm. and it shocked me as an English person, as a 12-year-old or 13-year-old English person. Um, mm -hmm. So, yes, it will be a clash of styles. Yeah, just I'm going to go out there. Anyone who's not following, Tim, of course, is referring to Diego Simeone diving when David Beckham flicked his leg up, uh, causing David Beckham to be given a straight red card and, and England to play the rest of the game with 10 men. 
but there's no yes, hard feelings. Yes, it certainly was. There. Broke my heart, <laughs> left me in tears. Um, so, Tom, I've written 2-1 Argentina on the top of my piece of paper. What have you got? Uh, I, As I mentioned earlier, I dare not even give a score after my terrible uh, predictions for the quarterfinals. However, if you push me, or here's a nice expression, if you twist my arm, then I will say... Uh, Croatia, no, I'm, I'm changing now if I say Croatia on penalties. I think Argentina will win in normal time. If it goes to penalties, then Croatia will win. Perhaps... Oh, if it goes to penalties, then there's no point taking them. Croatia have already won. Mm. Uh, they're undefeated in their in their national history. Um, okay, then, Tom, so it's another exciting match. Um, as as uh, you told our listeners uh, earlier, we will be releasing another podcast today. Uh, looking forward to the other semi-final, uh, Morocco against France, which is another big match. So fingers crossed for a top match tonight. Tom, if our listeners would like to get involved in the conversation or speak to us on social networks, how could they do that? Uh, they can follow us on TikTok. The Learn English Football podcast goes under the handle LeftPod, L-E-F-P-O-D. You'll also find us under that handle on YouTube. And uh, if you want to help us, of course, share us with a friend or leave us a little like a little five star rating on the podcast platform or even write a few words in the review to help us get caught up in the algorithm so other people can find us lovely lovely all right then tom thanks a lot see you next time thank you tim see you next time